Hi, this is Jim. And this is Max. Check out our podcast, The Step Over, Liberty Ballers Podcast Network, for all of your Sixers' needs. Player analysis, game breakdowns, who would look coolest in a headband, and more. Subscribe to Liberty Ballers Podcast feed on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts, and check out The Step Over, a podcast about Sixers basketball. Mostly. This is Flyperbole with Steve Jacot and Craig Forsyth, who are hoping you guys behave yourselves because we may just retire in the middle of this podcast. Mark our words, it may just happen. Craig, how do you feel about mascots? I mean, I don't really have, I didn't have feelings about mascots until today. I'll be honest with you. You never had, because you weren't, you're not a Phillies fan. You're an Orioles fan. No, and the, I don't remember what the, I mean, the, I forget what the Orioles bird name is. I think it's just. It's a big (laughs) Oriole. Yeah, but I mean, that guy's, he's got some character too. He's got some character, but he's no fanatic. And And I, I feel like. The, the more appreciation you have for the Philly fanatic, the more you appreciate mascots. So if I don't know, I'm just I'm just trying to say you might not have the same mascot appreciation that other people in the Philadelphia Flyers fan community may have. Right. Yeah, that's, that's fair. However, I've never once in my life felt the need for the Flyers to have a mascot. Uh, agreed. Yes, I, I agree with that. I have joked numerous times on this program that Dancing Sean is the unofficial Flyers mascot, but then he lost weight, joined the Flyers uh, arena crew, and he's just not as fun as he used to be when he was the fat guy in the back row uh, doing the worm. Yeah, he did advance his life, and it's really, it's kind of selfish, if you ask me. It, but completely that's not selfish. Here, there. True yeah. tragedy for the in-arena entertainment yeah. experience. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, I mean, I, I guess I really don't have that many feelings about mascots overall. Although apparently 29 as of right now, 29 of the 31 NHL teams have mascots and uh, sounds like pretty soon it's going to be 30, Steven. And I am devastated. <laughs> I am living with this franchise. This is the turning point, by the way, this is a hundred percent. And Ed Snyder is rolling in his grave moment. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, could you imagine? Just, I uh, can't even, poor Ed. Mr. Snyder did not Franchise care for nonsense. Thank you very much. They got a mascot. They're drafting and developing. They have Russians on the team. Oh, my God. Ed Snyder has got to be thrown up right now. Oh, just Bobby Clark every day wakes up, shakes his damn head, <laughs> and sighs deeply. <laughs> okay, so the vid, I think the video came out. Yeah, the video came out today. So that's why it was a big thing today. So but what's was- the deal with the video here? The Flyers, like the actual, the, the actual Flyers Twitter account, tweeted out a video saying that the Wells Fargo Center was getting renovations, and I, I think they were actually kind of giving an update about that. And then they started doing a spoof thing about how uh, somebody's been messing with the electrical wires and like the glass oh, at the no. rink, and they don't know who's been doing it. Who could it be? Is it Dan Carcillo? <laughs> He's back, folks. 
No, Dan Carcillo is actually doing actual things to help people That's in their true. lives. I, I actually yeah. just chose Dan Carcillo, and he's the one doing the most serious work of all the ex flyers <laughs> of like every flyers good ever. Yeah. Um, and then I think Brad Keffer pointed out, I think it was Brad, he wrote the article that the Phantoms did the same thing when they introduced Melvin four years ago. So the big stink is that the Flyers are going to have a mascot this year. And, uh, I mean... Gang, I, I want to tell I, you, the Philadelphia Flyers are here, and like those other franchises in town, we're a lot of fun. We're real yeah. fun. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, by the way, do you know who the other franchise is that does not have a mascot? In the NHL? Yeah. All right, wait, wait. Let me, let me think Don't look this. at the notes, because it's right there. Is it if the you Rangers? look at the notes, I swear to God, you looked right at the notes. I did not. You? I did not. It's fucking Rangers, but I don't believe you. I think I you didn't. I the, swear to God, you I didn't. The Google Doc? <laughs> no, I didn't. I, I okay. guessed it because it just, what the hell would a Rangers mascot even be? Would it be yeah. uh, a, a fat guy with a mustache in a, uh, hey, in a yo, Peter it's just somebody a hot dog saying, I'm walking here. And, yeah, I was going to say, it's just some fat guy talking about how he's walking here. I'm eating imagining. Like a, eating at Sabaros. You, my favorite New York slice. <laughs> so I just imagine. Uh, do, do you remember the show uh, Aqua Teen Hunger Force? I do. You know the character oh my God. Carl. <laughs> yeah, that's essentially what I'm picturing for the Rangers mascot. All I remember, uh, one of my favorite things about him was his Stone Cold, uh, Stone Cold Lock pick of the week, uh, pick of the century of the week. Did you ever see that? Where I he would go through. Did not. The NFL schedule, and he pick out his Stone Cold Lock, like, pick. But it was his Stone Cold Lock of the week of the century. It was a whole... It was a dumb thing. It was a pretty good show. Is that still on? No idea. Yeah, I have no idea either. I don't think anything ever truly ends on Adult Swim. Yeah, well, yeah. Home movies, unfortunately. But it's that the was only one. Years ago. Yeah, it might be the only thing that ever actually ended. But it's okay, because <laughs> show favorite H. John Benjamin <laughs> does voices on every other cartoon. Every... Else, yeah, he's everywhere. He's in Arby's commercials now. I don't know if you've seen that. We've we've discussed this. Have we the Arby's commercials? This is we discussed this like two weeks ago, buddy. Oh, we did. Okay, oh, never mind. They do have the meats, is what I hear. Yeah, but the yeah, uh, yeah, they they do indeed have the meats. But he is not the Rangers mascot, and I have no fucking idea what the Flyers mascot is going to be. I'm hoping like, that Flex whatsoever. reappears. Flex, the old fan of mascot. Just Flex seems like, to be, yeah, the leader in the clubhouse seems to be bringing back Flex is what everybody's idea is. Bring back Flex. He was a weird luchador superhero guy. It was an unusual, unusual mascot. And I enjoyed him for what he was. I do not care for Melvin. Now, Melvin is a putz. Nobody likes Melvin. Uh, I think <laughs> he's a putz. The way, Straight the up way, putz. <laughs> what I want out of the mascot is I... So a, a couple guidelines for I want to I want of a mascot. One of my favorite mascots in all sports is the Orlando Magic's mascot because his name is Stuff the Magic Dragon. A group of adults sat down and could not think of a better name for the mascot besides Stuff. I want a name <laughs> of that caliber for the Flyers mascot, which is I've been pitching it today. I, I've said our mascot's name should be our mascot. So each time they just cut to him, it's and here's our mascot doing whatever and. People are like, all right, what's his name? Our mascot. And then it's just like a, it's like a who, the who version of the mascot. I can't think of any other names. Salary cap. Uh, and he's a giant hat. Oh boy. That would, 
maybe. Right, but Steph Paul Holmgren out. would be terrified of this. <laughs> yeah, he would just be running throughout the. Everybody get out! <laughs> just on the on the concourse, just telling people to leave the stadium. Uh, Steph threw out Broad Street uh, bully, and then it was a bull, which is too. That I mean, that's a very good mascot idea, I but like that's, that, yeah. that's too logical for me. That's, that's way too, too logical. Yeah. They're a hundred percent going with the Springfield goofball. <laughs> yeah. Something, something like that. I also like the idea of just bringing back a former flyer. Like we said, Dan Carcello, uh, I like the idea of just bringing back Blair Betts, but it's just like Blair Betts being real cash. Like he's just in like jeans and a shirt and he's just like, Hey, I'm here. How y'all doing? Let's watch the flyers talking together. Isn't and like that essentially they... what like Bob Kelly does. <laughs> yeah. Bob yeah, Kelly like is Bob already Kelly the Flyers mascot. What are like we doing? The, like Gary Dornhofer before the games. So like he'll sign some autographs. The rest of the time they're just cutting to him on TV, but he's just sitting there like drinking a beer, watching from like a from like the club box. So <laughs> just something like that. Like he's trying to cut the blur bets during the commercials and, and at the arena. He's just like sitting there, legs crossed, just drinking a beer. Just Taking in the game, not doing anything exciting for the fans. What about uh, what about Filthy the Rat? He's a a colorful orange rat who says "Go Flyers," but he's also uh, he's just filthy, absolutely dirty. He throws his trash all over the ice. He, he yells <laughs> "Shoot!" at every the game. least fan friendly. By the way, speaking of shoot, that was the best option I saw. Was uh, I put down the the tweet here i'm gonna pull it up but somebody suggested that the mascot regardless of what it is their jersey number needs to be 1975 and their name is just shoot <laughs> i did see that and that uh, was Napier, a great tweet oh three i don't know i don't think he actually has a he has a first name it's just not on twitter so i can't relay what his first name is but yeah i think that's the best i feel like yeah something of that just incorporating like a, a joke like the 1975 angle or shoot or like i I don't know. It's got to be got to be something dumb with this mascot. I don't want a generic. It's going to be something dumb and generic. Though. Oh, it's going to be real dumb, real yeah, generic. I feel, it's going to have a lazy eye. Probably you think not. They, yeah, I, I mean, I don't know, man. It's like a weird, like, when you think about Flyers fans, you don't think about mascots you don't think about a group of people that embrace mascots yeah what if he's yeah, a like giant there's... light up wristband that hurls himself <laughs> onto the ice when the flyers are losing wristy maybe <laughs> oh boy here comes wristy the flyers are down six nothing to the penguins and then when he's <laughs> then when he's working when he's working in the t-shirt gun he's just shooting the t-shirts onto the ice not into the stands <laughs> Like it's just reversed. He gets a hot dog cannon and like he pretends like he's gonna shoot it to the effort bowl and then looks turns like Christie's had a few ice. too many Flyers branded Labats <laughs> and now he's shooting them at Claude Giroux, calling him a fraud. Now Risty uh, spent the afternoon with his half day at work uh getting high or getting a bunch of uh you know Miller lights in him and now he's got a PTSD about the two thousand Easter Conference finals and going to take it out on the, the visiting Columbus Blue Jackets. <laughs> <laughs> Looks like Risty's broken into the Jim Beam <laughs> VIP club. And he is just cursing out the Flyers. He just said Jacob Voracek doesn't deserve to live. 
Rissy sounds like a character that would lose his job two months later because he got caught like yelling at somebody at cheerleaders or something. Like that yeah. sounds like where his <laughs> like his current path would go. Get yelled at, or he got fired because he drove the WIP and yelled at somebody in studio. That would be that'd be Rissy's career arc with the mascot of the Flyers. <laughs> this is Jim Gardner. And this just in, Flyers mascot Risty has been arrested for viciously beating Mikey Miss in studio for bad-mouthing <laughs> Flyers fans yet again. Mikey Miss responded by saying, yo, that's a violation. That's what he said after he got. <laughs> oh, man. It's a violation. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, uh, I mean, that'd be another thing. If the mascot beats up local uh, sports talk radio talent, I don't know if I'd be completely against it. Not for the violence angle, just I, I guess more of the teaching a lesson angle. I don't know, you know. Although but if if that happens, people will secretly suspect that the mascot is Josh Ennis. Oh yeah, what is he? He's I still think he's doing very stuff. lonely down in Texas. Yeah, I was gonna say because he was originally from Houston, right? Yeah, he wasn't yeah, from yeah. here. Thank you very much. We only nice. like people who are from here. Like Angelo Cataldi, who's not yeah. from New York. Sorry, everybody, <laughs> for not being from here. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I mascot names like well, I, it's got to be something with flying, right? Oh, Do you think or it's a gonna pH? Be like a it's gonna have a pH. I know that. Yeah, that is true. Phil the pilot. What if he's a boomerang? Flyer the flyer. <laughs> flyer the flyer would be the. Fire the Fire is unoriginal, but it's not dumb enough. It doesn't reach the the level of Stuff the Magic Dragon. I don't even know another name besides Stuff that would be good. Stuff the Magic Dragon. We ran like out of names. Something dumb. Yeah. Oh, it, it, that's that's always odd when they kind of just decide something not related to the team. I'm still trying to figure out why the Sixers went with a dog. I mean, if hip hop, uh, I think Joe brought this up in the Slack. If if hip hop is the new mascot, I don't know if it'd be against it. <laughs> Although it would be pretty hard for him to dunk on ice, but I'm, I'm I'll watch it. Well, he's gonna pivot like Yuppie. <laughs> That's another Yuppie's a good one, uh, and also just being a ginormous orange cherry blob out there on the ice is a good one. Like the, so the Scott Hartnell, <laughs> nice. <laughs> Hey, Yuffie's probably got better skating skills than Scott Hartnell. 100%. Uh, yeah. Uh, the Dallas Stars mascot, Victor E. Green. Also, that's that's a name I do like. It's also just, it looks like a, uh, it looks like an anorexic, like Christmas tree. And I think that's actually what might be the most accurate description of it. I don't think anybody knows what it actually is. But uh, see, if they work in something like, like, well, what was it? Uh, didn't the mascots, when they were trying out their or the Sixers when they're trying out their mascots had something like Phil E. Moose. Wasn't that the one you were just referencing? Phil E. Moose, yes. Like Phil E. Pier- yeah. Well, so I, they, I do I, think the Sixers bastardized one of my ideas where uh, I had the idea a few years ago that the Sixers mascot should just be one of the many Ben Franklin impersonators in Old City, but he's just dunking and stuff. <laughs> but I think they took that and pivoted and made one of those horrifying human mascots out of it, which are the worst mascots like the Dallas Cowboys mascot. He should just go away forever. If you put him <laughs> into a portal of despair and misery, I would be just so happy. 
so you just gave me a good idea of uh so you're talking about franklin doing the dunks like if he just dunked all the time i think if but just if like mascot... a regular guy dressed as ben franklin right uh, not <laughs> like i don't want like a big head like big foam ben franklin head no i just want a dude dressed like ben franklin who's just like now i'm dunking for you i was gonna say four score and seven years ago i dunked on your ass but that's that's abe lincoln i'm about to light up this backboard and then he just takes off and fucking goes in there and rips it home uh I was saying to somebody, if they just made the mascot a gigantic Flyers logo, and all he did, like, he didn't know community work, he didn't, like, hang out with kids or anything, it was just, they cut to him three or four times a game, and he's at different parts of the rink, and they just see if he can shoot a puck from where he's sitting into one of the nets. Like, if that's all they did, I'm for the mascot. Like, if they just cut it, and they're like, oh, here's Philly Flyer from Section 208. Let's see if we can back one in. Flying Phil! Flying (laughs) Phil! And then if he nails one, he just, you know, like chugs one of the big butt but heavy cans they got at the games. <laughs> I don't think they have butt heavy cans. <laughs> butt like cans, sorry. They He's chugging a natty daddy straight up. <laughs> I just decided I know <laughs> what I want. The we don't know where Philly Flyer got the natty ice, but it's out there on the ice. No, no, <laughs> it's, this is a natty daddy, which is like malt liquor, basically. Oh, God. It's not I, good. I, uh, the the beer advocate reviews for Natty Daddy, I think, describe it like motor oil. Which, if you have uh, some time to kill at an airport, go into Beer Advocate and read the reviews for Natty Daddy. It's hilarious. <laughs> if you've got the time. Which if you've got the time, like the you're at the DMV, you're at an airport, doctor's <laughs> office, bathroom at work, where apparently some dude was straight up listening to WIP today. Oh yeah, you're talking about that. You could get some headphones, maybe listen at your desk. No, I'm just gonna I'm gonna sit in the toilet stall and listen to WIP. We now cut the Philly E Flyer who's playing Edward Forty Hands with a pair of Hurricanes. Flying Phil, Flying Phil, (laughs) Flying Phil. Let's see if you can finish these hands off before the uh, return of action. I've decided I know what I want the Flyers mascot to be. I want it to be the orange dot in the logo. I'm, yeah, I, I'm fine with that. Just a big orange dot. I, I can get I can get behind it. Okay, but you're saying you're saying Flying Phil is the name. That's what I'm going with. Flying <laughs> Phil chugged four Labats. <laughs> Flying Phil got tickets to the VIP club with unlimited beer and is double fisting it on his way back to his seats. <laughs> Not drawing from any experiences in my life, by the way. All right, so the fly purbly guidelines for the mascot. Uh, the big orange dot. Must be an alcoholic. Obviously he's an alcoholic. Uh, <laughs> must taunt saying... the team. What's that? Must taunt the team. Not yes, Like, he doesn't the... taunt the opposing team. He just taunts his own team constantly. And just like, <laughs> where's Sam Moran? He ain't hit people. <laughs> You're soft, Wheel. <laughs> Why does nobody fight anymore? <laughs> yeah drop the gloves ghost (laughs) uh so flying phil uh i'm still saying our mascot or a mascot are are names i would i would be down for or just you know crowds on somebody's territory and take another name that already exists in the nhl already name him who cares i'm down for it or like slap shot 
Did I ever tell you my favorite Slapshot story? The the Capitals mascot? Number one, I had no idea what his name was. Uh, number two, no. Okay, so uh, I there was a string of years where I went to uh, a bunch of Flyers games in D.C. And the one year I went, I think it was 2011-12, and the Flyers beat the Caps 5-1. to one. And before the game... He slapshot came out on the ice and he was carrying like a caps flag, and the announcer was like, "Give it on up for slapshot!" And of course, everybody went apeshit. And slapshot started skating, and then he just biffed it. And like while he was like he slipped, and while he was going to the ice, he was still kicking his skates, like trying to stay up. And like he just went parallel for a second, and then landed on his back, and everybody was just like, "Oh!" And I think I was the only person laughing in my section. <laughs> There's kids was, crying all over, and you're yeah, just like, oh, you're no, just no, jerk out. Homer laughing it up. Because <laughs> it was one of those things where, like, I don't think he realized he was eating it, and like he just kept kicking his skates like he was skating, but he just slowly turned parallel with the ice and just and biffed it. And I have a theory that was the last time they did that, because then every game I've went to since then, he's been he's come out on a, a four wheeler, like a like a, a, like a snowmobile. No, like a um, like the off-road things that like I don't know teenagers always drive around. He drives it on the ice. Yeah, an uh, ATV. Like the yeah, like the um. Well, it's with the yeah, fanatic like drives, you know. Yeah, the, right. The they did it on, yeah, yeah, I don't know. He he does do it on the ice, and he somehow has better control of that than uh, skating, which is well, you know, it's the weird. tires have been winterized, obviously. Obviously, no doubt. But that's my that's my favorite. I think, I mean, I, I can't believe that every other team in the league besides the Rangers has a mascot. I didn't realize that. I just thought some teams have mascots. Not I knew the Caps did. I knew the Devils did because, you know what? I kind of, the only, like, humanized one I like, I kind of like the Devils, like, straight up devil. Yeah, no, that's, a, that's a fair one. What the uh, hell is the Islanders mascot? So it's like a dragon, too, I think. What? I think. I think it should be the SUV that they park. Is everybody high in NHL marketing? <laughs> because that's what a high person comes up with is a dragon. You know, it'd be a cool mascot. A dragon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Sparky the Dragon. It's a fucking dragon. <laughs> dragon shoots fire, relates to hockey in every way, shape, and form. <laughs> uh, the Maple Leafs are a bear, I believe. Fine. Um the I think the hurricanes are not a hurricane. It's like a, it's like a cow. What? I Just make it a lightning bolt. Oh wait, the hurricanes. Are, I, I'm sorry, hurricanes. I mixed up the hurricanes yeah. and the lightning. <laughs> um, the lightning, obviously. If that's not a lightning bolt, I'm going to be very upset. Maple the hurricane should. Oh wait, it's probably a cow because of the movie Twister, which was a tornado. But why not? It's still flying yeah. away, and then Maple people Leafs. lose their lives. It's great. Maple Leafs is uh, Carlton the Bear. Uh, Hurricanes is just Stormy, but it looks like a... Oh, it's a pig. That's what it is, not a cow. Oh, okay. Which, I don't know if that makes any sense. Uh, sure. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like, the other one, like, Victory Green, I think is up there for my favorite. What's favorite, the Canucks mascot? It's the... um, It's their logo. Like, they made it... Uh, the, like, it's Canadian like, it's guy? Like no, no, it's uh. Let me see if I can get it. Up. Oh, the whale, the whale, the whale thing. Yeah, Finn sorry, the whale. they have 
40 go. logos and i never yeah, know right. which one yeah, is i guess most yeah saying one. vancouver canucks logo really isn't a fair thing to throw at somebody <laughs> but the uh yeah the whale that man canucks don't have a good logo really if you think about that uh the whale breaking through the the ice i don't know not a fan in my opinion i mean it's uh, no harvey the hound logo. also a great name mainly because it's a dog and a top hat and a tie so if you if that. you Come give on. me a dog with outerwear i'm for it like um like if you give this dog a monocle and a cane i sure i hope he stays around for a while you know that that kind of aesthetic is the only reason that i like the reds mascot mr red legs and i do not care for the mets mascot mr met mr met just a baseball head mr red legs he's got an old-timey mustache i can get behind that <laughs> yeah no agreed. by the way I'm going to share with you a picture I just saw of Harvey the Hound, and I want you to get check out the moxie on this motherfucker. Look at the notes. <laughs> check Look at out this the guy. moxie on this you motherfucker just, about the mascot. Across the rink. What is this? Oh, like, that's the moxie. Okay. I I, I hear you. I'm in. It's got the belt buckle going. Yeah, like I can get by. Harvey the Hound, if the Flyers duplicate Harvey the Hound, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll probably get a Harvey the Hound jersey. <laughs> <laughs> if we're, yeah. Uh, I don't know what the Detroit Red Wings one is. Sir, the, these jerseys are only meant for children. <laughs> I'm an American man with American money, and you're going to oh, take the... it to make me a Harvey the Hound Flyers jersey. <laughs> the Red Wings don't really have a mascot, in my opinion. It's, it's Little Caesar. Oc- it's, what's that? Little Caesar. He brings pizzas be. to everybody. Pizza, pizza. That would actually probably be a better... It's Al the Octopus. You know how they ever always cut... Uh, they always sure show for the Red Wings games like the the purple octopus that comes down from the top of the rink. Oh yeah, but that's not a mascot. That's like a no, decoration. I, apparently, that's why it's uh, it's their mascot, according to Google. And Ooh. the internet doesn't lie. Um, so yeah. Ooh. So yeah, the Flyers. Uh, looks like they're getting a mascot, folks. You Nothing know, the, and this is yet. the biggest news to come out this week. Easy. Yeah, absolutely. The in all Philly sports, it's the Flyers getting a mascot. Nothing else with any of the other three teams in Philadelphia. It's definitely the Flyers getting a mascot. There's nothing to do with Carson Wentz. Absolutely no. nothing. Now, apparently, the Eagles lost a football game, which I still I'm not. I don't believe that. That's fake news. I heard they did win the uh, Super Bowl last year, though. They did. That is still yeah. Even though they lost on Sunday, they still get to keep that thing, which is. It's pretty cool, in my opinion. I've also heard rumors that their their backup quarterback has a, a large unit in his pants. Uh, yes. Ginormous cock Nick is what they call him. <laughs> I think it's his nickname. I believe I called him on Twitter the other day, uh, Huge Johnson Nicholas. <laughs> HJN, hands right off. Well, I don't know if we want to start off Nicholas with HJN. That might lead to other ideas. But uh, speaking of football, we should – do you want to cut to the other topic so we could – Start off with two nonsense topics to start the episode with um, who would pull the Vontae Davis on the Flyers. Oh, yeah, let's go. Let's just go for okay, it. So for background information, Vontae Davis was a safety cornerback. I think cornerback, cornerback. I think cornerback. Yeah, he played for the Colts for a bunch of years. Pretty good. Obviously, near the end of his career and when you're near the end of your career and bad right now, a team you would play for is the Bills. And the Bills are getting uh, their head caved in for a second straight week. And he... You're telling me a team that plays in Buffalo, New York is bad? Yeah, a team that said, yeah, let's let Nathan Peterman play again. Uh, They were getting killed at halftime, and Vontae Davis straight up just retired at halftime. 
and didn't finish out the game. <laughs> Which, depending on your stance, I I I think it's a pretty it's a pretty boss move. It's a big time power move. It's a Just power move, and I think we can all agree on that one. Yeah, he's just like, I, I'm out of You guys can finish this he out. He just looked around. And he's like, nah. <laughs> just calling it a career. Like, that's, I feel like the Bills are going to be pretty bad this year, but nothing is going to top. I think even if they went winless, I think the big storyline is still going to be Vontae Davis retiring at halftime. Like, that that's may something never you expect again. to hear from the Cleveland Browns. But yeah. it did not happen uh, to the Browns and it happened to the Buffalo Bills. The Browns who haven't won a game in two years. Yeah. They, every, and everybody wants to stay there for their entire game. But uh, the Bills, they inspire that special feeling this year. Vontae uh, Davis was done with it. Just looks around. Nah, I'm gone. I'm out. So I, I think, <laughs> so your question is, which flyer is the most likely to pull that? So I'm breaking this down into two categories, okay? There's, there's current flyers and there's all-time okay. flyers. I will let you go first. Oh, man. All time, I feel like there's an obvious one I'm going to be overlooking. Uh, for current, though, I feel like, and I think Steph also said this after we recorded because I brought it up. I, I think Jake Voracek is the most likely one to just straight up lead this team. Just because I think he has the worst ang- worst temper on this team. Yeah. And if you're not, like, if you're part of the the club that is being blocked by Jake Voracek on Twitter... AKA any Flyers fan out there, you're very aware of his temper. <laughs> I've unblocked by him on Twitter. I don't even think I've ever mentioned him in any tweet or had anybody ever mentioned me in a tweet with his handle. So I don't know how I'm blocked by him on Twitter, but I am. Amazing. Uh, yeah, it, it is kind of fascinating. Yeah. So I think I agree with you with current. Uh, well, I definitely agree that Jake could be likely to do that. Uh, there's two guys I think that might do it on the lower end of the spectrum i think dale weiss is a possibility just because he sucks and he might just oh, look he, around one day and go wow i really suck i should just also, you know what i should just go home yeah he also whined a lot last year by not getting playing time was moping around like big mopey pants oh, so he man, might quit woe is me the dutch gretzky <laughs> i don't i i deserve to play with my eight points in 50 games my that's stone hands <laughs> i got grit they say but i can't make the lineup so oh, that's still yeah he'd pull Vontae davis uh and then uh i don't think brian elliott would ever do this but it's kind of no. funny to me to think brian elliott just be like oh i'm getting too old for this shit I'll just leave because <laughs> brian think- elliott like he's not like terribly old but he just looks so aged on this team yeah. <laughs> I, for some reason when i hear this story i think of like you know you, you just feel like you're fed up with your your job and you're just like i'm leaving this and i think of when Brent, ben scrivens had that 59 save shutout uh they kept bringing up like the most saves in a, a regular season game and i think tom brasso has a record with 73 in a regular season game and it ended in a 3-3 tie like your team can't win when you make 73 saves I feel like if I was him, I would just walk into a locker room and be like, look, I did my job. I'm not, I'm not even mad. Like you One guys of us showed up for this game. <laughs> yeah. Like, I just feel like you'd be talking to the reporters. He's like, look, I, I fucking did my job. So I'm not, I'm done giving quotes. You guys can talk to them. They didn't figure it out. <laughs> I don't know if you heard, I made 73 saves. So you can stop asking me questions now. <laughs> so th- there are a few all time flyers. I can see doing this. Uh, 
first one that comes to mind is Roman Czechmonic. Oh yeah, no yeah, that's a that's a pretty good choice. Brizgalov. I think Brizgalov was straight up to it. Brizgalov would totally do it, and this third candidate, I have no doubt in my mind that he would do this. Nikolai Zhirdev. Oh, absolutely. That is the correct answer, actually. I think it's Zhirdev. All yeah. time, I think it is Zhirdev. All time, I think it's Zhirdev, because that dude was just, he did not give a shit. A lot of skills seem to not care most of the time. Really hated Timmy P. Yeah. Yeah, just, uh, yeah, I think Zhirdev is the correct answer. Uh, Briskoff, though, I can definitely see Briskoff freaking out after one game. Oh my god. I I thought about the other two too, Brizgalov. The I think it was the Jets lost, that crazy Jets lost where they lost nine to eight. And his first quote in the locker room was, I have no confidence at all right now, or something along those lines. <laughs> and I was like, You can't say that out loud in public. Like you know that, right? Because that's gonna be They will eat you alive. Like that's an insane like thing to say. Yeah. And uh but Chris Golf kinda doesn't, you know, I guess recognize his surroundings, but I can definitely see him being a guy that just walks in after a game is like, you know what? Uh I'm done. I'm out of here. Just gets out of there. So Jurdov oh, man, Jurdov. He had one the season he was here was he wasn't bad. Like given the amount of his time he got, he was actually pretty pretty decent, but he definitely I hate those narratives about guys not caring, but man, Sheridan was uh, definitely gave out that vibe of being a guy that didn't want to be there. A hundred percent. Yeah. Because he's got that combination of uh, not caring, but also active loathing. <laughs> yeah. Right. 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 Yeah. So those are uh, let's see, uh, Devontae. Overall, what like an actual player in the league? Who do you think is most likely to do it? Ovechkin. Uh, across the league. Um, I yeah, I, I guess I could see that. Maybe uh, not because um, he doesn't. Yeah, I, I know he cares. It's just like the anger. I, I like, don't know. Yeah. He's kind of such a character. Yeah, because I, I, I think you need to be in the NHL at least. You need to be a bit of a character because it's such a a grit, hard working sport that I, I think you need to be a bit of an outside the box thinker to even consider something like that. Um, yeah. So maybe a goalie or uh, oh man, I'm trying to think what maybe like a really controversial player, like somebody that the beats kind of don't like, even though he's great. Well, I think they like him in his new city, but PK Subban. Maybe I I don't know. Maybe. I think Subban. I I no matter how bad things get, I can't see him retiring in the middle of a game. Yeah, that is true. Yeah, I, I come across the league. I'm kind of, kind of blank on people. I feel like it's got to be somebody with Ottawa, though. Somebody on Ottawa might actually do it this year. Oh yeah, fucking it's... Mark Stone might just mail it in one day. Mark Stone might do it. And... Like they might be, they could be losing a game like seven to one to the Canucks in November, and he's just like, you know what? Uh, no, I'm done. I'm, I'm done. This is enough. Yeah, and I've then, had it. I'm, yeah, I'm he's good. Just like, I'm, I'm, I'm good. sending this puppy out. Let's just mosey along. Maybe Phil Kessel. I can see Phil Kessel Ooh, doing it. Phil Kessel actually is a good answer, yeah. I think Phil Kessel's the one. I could just see Phil being like, huh, nah. 
No, I'm going home. And apparently, uh, him and Mike Sullivan aren't on the, uh, you know, aren't on the uh, smoothest relationship. Apparently, back up the hot dog truck. Uh, just uh, Mike Sullivan might be uh, taking too many jabs about his weight there. Just saying. Mm, bringing in the Oscar like, Mayer uh, Wienermobile. <laughs> Going to pick up old Phil on his way to the airport. <laughs> Although here's my worst around... nightmare, though. Here's my worst nightmare. Oh, okay. Pittsburgh takes Phil. They're not happy about him. They work out a deal with the Columbus Blue Jackets for our Terry, our Temi Panarin. David Savard. Way ahead of you, buddy. I know. I know David Savard. Good. Everybody wants Savard. <laughs> Savard, Savard, Savard. No, they, uh, I don't, I don't think that, I don't think Kiko Hunt is doing that. I don't think so either. But again, we have discussed nightmare scenarios with the Penguins like this before. Right. Yeah, because it is something that wakes you up in the middle of the night at least once a week. It's like, Wow, this team's going to get the virus, and then you're in well, a cold sweat. For them to even get Phil in the first place was inexplicable. Kind of insane, and also for the Maple Leafs to eat some of that contract. Which, what are you doing? Why do teams but, do stuff like this? I, yeah, especially Toronto. It's not like the Coyotes where they got to reach the cap floor or something. The Maple Leafs should have some standards, but you know, I guess not. Have some standards. Stop helping yeah. teams out with blockbuster trades and. Stop pulling shit like this with cap retention. <laughs> also, I, because I, we we touched on the centers a bit there, I think we should talk about the Pierre Dorian thing real quick. Mm, I thought you were going to pivot to speaking of blockbuster trades, but let's talk about Dorian first. I guess. Uh, I mean, we haven't talked about Carlson yet, so that's that's yeah. what we I thought you were pivoting flyers, into. Yeah. But we can pivot Dorian Carlson. <laughs> And then the Sharks Dorian? play the Flyers in the Flyers home opener. So it, it all comes dude, around. Oh, nope, dude. Killing the Segway game. I like it. Okay. That's what I'm good at, man. I'm, so, I run this Segway game. All right. Okay. A little cocky. A little, little walk over that. Okay. Pierre Literally Dorian the is the GM. <laughs> Pierre Dorian is the GM of the Senators. And he was asked this week by, I think it was David Amber, the guy who used to be on Sports Center here, but uh, on Sportsnet. What Senators fans should be excited about this year, I believe was the question. Or what you are excited about with the Senators team. And I want to say he waited, what, Steve, four seconds, five seconds? Oh, it, it was felt a like an eternity. Of time. It, it, if it was a podcast, the dead air would feel like 10 minutes. Yeah. And uh, he then responded with, quote, we're a team, end quote. Like, it's not, was, I'm excited about the youth we're bringing in, which right. is the generic answer when you're rebuilding. It's, we're a team. Yeah. By the way, yeah, this is also, it happened after the Carlson trade, so you can just be excited about the people you got in the trade. I am excited about the youth we're bringing into this organization and to see what happens next. Done. Yeah, I am excited about Joshua Norris and Rudolph's bossers. And then that's, you just go from that's it end quote not it's not going to be fun like your your fans are still going to hate it but it's better than being excited about you actually being part of an actual hockey team there's a hundred percent there's a hundred percent a period of time where he's looking into that camera and you can just hear the sound of silence playing in his head (laughs) that's true i wonder I wonder how many hours of the day he just stares at different walls in his office and just thinks about, like, how am I going to get out of this? 
Carlson. Or just how many minutes do I have left on this earth? Carlson. And how many of them am I going to spend being the Senator's GM right now? Carlson. Yes. <laughs> Carlson. Just Carlson. Gibouche messing with him through the vents. He's just whispering Carlson from the bathroom and it gets Carlson. into Dorian's office. <laughs> Dorian's like, I gotta, I gotta leave work early, guys. I can't, I can't. Where does it keep coming from? I just hear Carlson everywhere I go. (laughs) Eric Carlson, Eric Carlson all day. Eric Carlson. I know I traded him. I wish I could have done better. Yeah, let's talk. Okay, so now, phase one of the segue. Let's talk about the Carlson trade. Uh, That sure is a rental deal. uh, They so the Ottawa Senators gave San Jose Eric Carlson and another hockey player, which is all right. Eric Carlson and Francis Perron. Uh, Perron, who's a 2014 seventh round pick, 20 year old, 22 year old left winger, 15 points in 44 games for the Belle, Belleville Senators last year. Um, maybe not the highest end prospect, but still getting something along with Carlson is kind of insane. Uh, and the Sharks gave Ottawa, you ready, uh, Chris Tierney, Dylan DeMello, prospect Joshua Norris, prospect Rudolph Spalzers. Uh, 2020 conditional first and then conditional seconds in 2019 and 2021 a conditional first so yeah so let's talk first of all and this is the extent i'm going to defend dorian and it's not really a defense it's just a i guess friendly reminder that carlson only has one year left on his deal so it's not Carlson doesn't have four or five years left at this rate he's got one more year and you're not certain you're gonna be bringing him back after this year However, Carlson might be the most impactful player in the league outside of McDavid in terms of what he can bring to your team. Almost he literally dragged that Senators team to the almost to the Stanley Cup. And right. that Senators that, team That's exactly where I was going. Yeah. That Senators team two years ago. Not much different than the one this year. And let me tell you, it was not a good team. And Carlson may have been handling the whole, I don't know, Hoffman's girlfriend harassing his wife type thing and the whole incident with his son. And there there was a lot of factors going in the Carlson season for it to not be a, a good time. And this is a... I mean, you could theoretically not get a first out of giving away Carlson, who is a ridiculous talent. And that, regardless of how long the contract he has left on his contract, is insane it's just insane it's insane how do you not get anything how is it conditional first you should get two firsts for Eric carlson even for a rental deal it's just and uh okay so talking about these other prospects so uh over the summer Corey promise from the athletic who's the the, probably the go-to guy when it comes to nhl prospects did uh organizational rankings of farm systems and Based off those rankings, or in those rankings, he then proceeded to rank each prospect for each organization. And Perron was not listed with the Senators, the, the prospect that is now is the Sharks. But Joshua Norris, taken 19th overall in 2017, was ranked third for the Sharks. And he, uh, I mean, he's a pretty promising center. I thought the Flyers might take him in 2017 with the, uh, if he had somehow fallen a little bit further into the second round. But didn't even come close. Uh, 23 points, 37 games for the University of Michigan. And then Rudolph's Balsers. I think I'm saying that. Or Balsers. I don't know how to say it. I, don't, I think in the long term, it's really not going to matter. But 
2015 fifth round pick, 21 year old left winger, had 48 points in 67 games for the uh, San Jose Barracuda in the AHL. And uh, he was fourth on prominence rankings for the San Jose Sharks prospects. Uh, so, I mean, the Sharks gave up some prospects, but not really to get Carlson without giving up Ryan Merkley is, or somebody like Thomas Hurdle is pretty, uh, it's stunning. Yeah. It's frankly stunning. Or Martin Jones, even like somebody of some tangible player from no disrespect to Chris Tierney and Dylan Mello, but uh, they're not the best hockey players. I mean, uh, especially when we would, Carlson. When we would talk about this in the BSH Slack, just spitballing what a potential Flyers deal would look like, it always started with Shane Goss to spare. Yeah, I think, and not even to dunk on the centers here. My joke, like trades for the Flyers, where I would just put quantity over quality and put like seven, like just pieces, assets Lutton, in a trade. Moran, uh, Hag, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Albie Kubel, like all these guys that were like, yeah, sure, they might be all right prospects, but they're not going to, you know, blow the doors off when they get up here. Or and like guys that are prospects joke, that kind of already fizzled out. In our jokes, we always had at least one unconditional first as well. I think I had a first, and I think I always threw Simmons in there. And I mean, that's <laughs> Simmons is you know he's a guaranteed <laughs> NHL player. He's a bona fide NHL player, and yeah. you know some of those guys have a lot of upside that we jokingly threw in there. Yeah, and also uh, talking about the potential deals and everything. Apparently, they a part of the the trade clause was if the Sharks traded. Carlson back to an Easter conference team, they would have to give the centers of another first by 2022. <laughs> so there was, if there was any hunch of why didn't Ron Hexall even try, there's no guarantee that he didn't. It just sounds like the centers were not doing it. Also, it's important to know that that reminder is probably put in there because unless I'm not remembering this correctly, the centers traded Hoffman to the sharks and then the sharks flipped them in the same day to the Panthers. Yeah. 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 Yeah, so that's probably what they were trying to avoid to not see Carlson on like the Maple Leafs blue line or something. Yeah, but I so I think any team that was getting Eric Carlson was getting Eric Carlson. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and no, I, I agree. San Jose's a team that has been on the cusp in the past few years. They've maybe dropped off a little bit, but this immediately puts San Jose into contender position. I and think one of, the, one of the big reasons for that is the fact that now they have to top five, maybe top three defensemen in the NHL. Definitely top five. I think an argument can be made that Burns is uh, top three. I mean, if you're talking offensive defensemen, I think they have two of the top three. Yeah, I'm talking overall. Maybe though. even top two. Uh, yeah, no, overall, I think Burns is probably yeah, top. He's got to be near the top five if he's not in the top five. And who I mean, knows talking- if... Who knows if they're going to play on the same pairing or what, but you got to think end of the game. Sharks are down. They're going to pull out Carlson and Burns together. That's just, that's they, just sickening. And if, if they still have the same system that they had a couple of years ago, I know that uh, during the 2016, 17 season, the only team that used the high to or low to high method more than the flyers with the sharks. And that's because they had Brent Burns who they could feed the puck back to and just let him do his work. And, now they have Burns and Carlson, and they still have Joe Pavelski setting up in front of the net. And Joe Pavelski is maybe better than Wayne Simmons when it comes to net presence. 
uh, on both the power play and at 505. So just power play is going to be nuts. And also, I think Carlson's skating with Flasic right now. And I think that might be the second pair. So Jesus. they, uh, they, God. they, yeah, it's a trade that definitely makes them contenders immediately. Uh, like, I think and- the most impressive, maybe first, second pairing I can remember for the Flyers is Pronger than Timonen. Which is really good. I, team, yeah, team, uh, yeah, that one year they went to the cup. That's a great one two punch. Yeah. But Burns Carlson is two top yeah. five, bona fide top five NHL defensemen back to back and two of the best offensive defensemen. It's just, it's yeah. ridiculous. By the way, when you talk about those two ridiculous pairings, the other two guys were Matt Carl and Braden Coburn, which I'll defend both those guys, but at the same time, I, you know. You know what I mean? Yeah, I got you. I got you. And I like both those guys. They get a lot of shit, and I think unwarranted shit, but they get a lot of shit, and they're not loved by everybody. Uh, Certainly better than the insert name here, third pairing on the Flyers that year. Yeah, we're not going to. We're not going to delve into that. But Uh, regardless, for the Sharks, this is an amazing pickup, makes them a contender for the Cup automatically. And. Guess got to watch out. And of course, that's who the Flyers have their home opener against this year. Yeah. And speaking of those Flyers, they have an unprecedented 252 preseason games this week. So by God, <laughs> we got our fill of hockey action. That's just a, you know, a rough I'm estimate. Not kidding. They had 252. <laughs> no, they've been playing preseason. <laughs> Most of which were against the Islanders. Almost all of them exclusively, exclusively against the Islanders. Uh, and if you've missed one, if you miss one of those three games against the Islanders, don't worry. There's another one coming up on Friday, so you're, you're you came back just in time. I was worried, but let's talk about let's uh, full disclosure here. Sunday, I watched it. Uh, I had my laptop set up, but the Eagles game was also on, so I decided to watch uh, Fitz Magic go to work instead of really focus on the Flyers game. I did see Sanheim get dumped by Matt Martin, though. Oh boy. And he will be out a week, which is fine, because, I mean, that just means he's not going to play in any of these 300 games. And he's, I mean, he's still a lot to make the team, or he should be a lot to make the should team be. anyway. So. Should be. Yeah. Uh, second game, Flyers looked pretty good at home. Uh, we were talking about it on the show. Bill brought it up that, you know, ideally, if you're doing the low to high, like we were just talk- I was just talking about, uh, you would theoretically want defensemen that are pretty good with the puck, and... Go showed why he's very vital to this team. Provorov had a couple of nice moves and showed why he probably or was tied for the league leading goals last year among defensemen. And Phil Myers had some good plays. Yeah, yeah. Myers had some good plays. An argument for why he should make the team. Uh, hasn't, I don't think he's had that I should make the team statement game yet. Right. That we've like Limbaum's had a Provorov, or yeah, like Limbaum had tonight where he was just like, I need to make this team. Right. Limbaum had the rookie game in tonight. And we've seen guys in the past have that game where it's like, okay, this guy dominates. This guy <laughs> is clearly ready for the show. Let's put him in. Right. Uh, so my observation with that uh, ghost and Provorov look great. And I really liked how JVR was screening the goalie on the oh, power yeah. play for ghost. That was awesome. Right. And it, makes it really interesting to see who's going to be on power play one, because it's going to be JVR or Simmons. And I, I, I don't know. I, I think it might be JVR right now. Well, and also 
I think that's a that's a fair point. But also, has Simmons played yet this preseason? I don't know if he's played yet. I don't think so. Yeah, so that might be because I mean, at the I, tonight, I think Limblon was up on the first power play unit with like I think the first power play unit tonight was Drew, TJ Brennan. Drew in his spot, TJ Brennan was at the point. Limblom in front. I think Dale Weiss down low, which, okay. That's and Gretzky. then uh, Vorobiev was in the Voracek spot. And Vorobiev is probably the focus of the training camp so far because he is the guy that uh, had a chance to be the 3C coming into camp. And now I honestly don't see why he shouldn't be the 3C. The, the goal he had on season. Monday was outstanding. Was very good. Sick yeah. goal. And the, granted, the Islanders were suiting up a you know pretty AHL level squad, but it was also a very good give and go with Borchek. And he broke into the slot and had a pretty nice wrister to beat generic Islanders goalie. I want to say Chris Gibson. I don't even know who's in that, but be, uh, I think it's Thomas Grice actually that night. So he had a Garth pretty good Snow. shot. Garth Snow. Garth Snow may as well get down there now. Uh, Does he have a job right now? But, I'd, no, he he's gone. I forget. I forget who the Islanders GM is right now. Actually, they were speaking of it. Isn't it Lou? Go look it up. It is Lou Lamorell. Yeah, I'm an idiot. The devil uh, himself. Garth Snow. Oh my god. Yeah. The, yeah. Because I want to stop talking about how everybody was clean shaven and how uh, Lou Lamorell was changing the direction of that franchise. And, and the Leafs are like, yeah, you guys can grow beards now. It's cool. <laughs> uh, Garth Snow seen at a local Applebee's. No, I don't know what he's. <laughs> Actually, no. <laughs> Welcome to Applebee's. Garth I'm seen... Garth. How can I help you? Garth knows seeing seen a slamming house with Schaefer's at a local Applebee's, and he's he's ready to call it a weekend on a Tuesday. Uh, that I mean, I didn't really have too many takeaways from that second game, the first game at home. Besides, the defense looked really good. Uh, the game on Tuesday night, Twarinski and Martel had two pretty good goals, and a bunch of the fringe guys that could make the team have pretty good games. Uh, Taylor Lear looked pretty good. German Rupsoff looked pretty good. TJ Brennan had three assists. He's not in the running to make the team, but it's always good to see him do really well because uh, he should be leading the D Corps down there in uh, Lehigh Valley again. And then tonight's game, Vorobiev looked really good, uh, and Rupsoff looked pretty good again. I don't know if Rupsoff, Rupsoff had a goal. Rupsoff blasted one home. And oh, yeah. the a bunch of the little plays he did right and then Vorobiev looked really good and then I I I liked and it's a dumb thing to pick up on but it's preseason so I'm not really taking too many notes but he on the penalty kill he was able to forecheck and hold it below the, the Rangers goal line for a solid 10 seconds and it's a little shit like that that I think I think the coaching staff likes the little stuff a lot which is good because Vorobiev is a nice combination of doing all the little things right and being in the right spots at the right time and being able to kill penalties but he also has uh a lot of offensive upside as we saw in the game on monday and i think he is i feel like a line with him and limblom and simmons is would be a, a pretty good third line to go into the season with and i was for a while there i wanted lawton to be the third line center but that was also when i thought it was a definite that latero is going to be either the third or fourth line center and I didn't think that one of the kids had a chance to make it as one of the centers. But now that it looks like Ruby has kind of cut out his spot as the third line center, I think 
Uh, I think Lawton is going to be on the fourth line. I don't know if Lawton's going to be on the wing or at center. I think he played center tonight, but he's spent most of the camp on the wing, which is kind of weird. But right now, uh, right now, I think it looks like the lines are going to be uh, when they open up against uh, the Golden Knights. I think it's going to be Giroud, Katori, Konechny, Shaviar, Patrick, Forcheck. I don't think there's much resistance that that's going to be the top six. Yeah, like those six guys. No, I don't think there's much resistance. It's pretty consensus uh, to that top six. However, there is a segment of the fan base that is saying that Wayne Simmons deserves to be in the top six and on the top line in uh, top line specifically. I don't agree with that based on his five on five play. But, yeah. you know, I guess you could flip flop connect and simmer. But I like Konechny playing with Katori and Drew. Yeah, I think the Drew Katori connecting line uh, had pretty good success last season. I like them to go back to that. And I also think, I mean, Drew and Katori obviously have uh, chemistry together. And I think Konechny would be a nice, I, I, I would like their wing to be a pretty speedy option. So I think Konechny or Voracek is a guy I'd want over on the wing with them. And then JVR Patrick Voracek just makes sense. I think everybody yeah, it knows it makes sense. It's Patrick and Voracek had chemistry last season and Limblom had pretty good. Limblom played very well. I was able to drive play and that line was able to spend most of the game uh, in the offensive zone whenever they're on the ice, but Limblom kind of struggled to score, which was kind of unlucky. And also just, I, he didn't really know how to finish last year in the NHL. But I think when you put a guy that had 36 goals there last year, I think, that makes them a pretty legit uh, second line. Uh, and go, going back to the Simmons point, though, yeah, the fight, like, I think Simmons being on the third line, I don't think that's a knock on him. I don't think that's, like, I don't think that's the coaching staff being like, well, Simmons has to prove something to us. I think it's just, I, there are better options on the wing at five on five in the, in the top six. Like, I'd rather, I love Simmons, but at five on five, I'd rather have connecting for check on the right side in the top six than, than Simmons. And I mean, Simmons, I, I even though you brought it up earlier, and even though they have the option of Patrick now, I guess I think Simmons is still going to be the net front presence on the top power play. So if he has limited ice time at five on five, and he's being carried by two younger players that are pretty good at driving play, I'm, I'm fine with Simmons being on the third line, getting those, uh, getting the top power play unit minutes, and then the fourth line. See, this is where it gets interesting. So the fourth line. I have it chalked up as Lawton wheel raffle is the fourth line or raffle wheel on one way or another. I think those are going to be the three guys they start with. I like that fourth line and I am just so scared that hacks and be like, nah, 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 this is going to be either wheel, uh, Latera Weiss or raffle Latera Weiss. You know, I think the fear is yeah. that somehow wax whack, Hack is whack headline on Broad Street Hockey. Uh, that <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> hack that, is somehow oh gonna... first time he scratches Sanheim for Foley, and that's gonna be the headline. Hack What's is whack. Brad, yeah, they're gonna put that in there. That'll be the, the headline that goes in there. <laughs> hack has lost his mind. He's totally whack now. Uh I I see the the Weiss. I think Weiss is going to get games this year because he's Dale Weiss and like they, they he's just going to work his way into the lineup somehow. He's the Dale Weiss. I don't think he's going to start. I feel like if there's one of those one of the, the two rejects we don't want, I think it's going to be Latera. I think Latera will be the guy, and 
they might revert to the the fourth line they had last year in the playoffs, which is Low and Laterra. And um I think they had Lindblom on the fourth line actually last year. No, they had who they start I think they start with um they didn't start with Raffle and the, they may have had uh Oh my god, who was in the fourth line now in the playoffs? I'm blanking. Was it Wheel? I think it was Wheel. Well, never know. I'll look it up right now, but we'll keep talking. Um, but okay, so the lone Wheel and Raffle is a logical uh, fourth line that could definitely happen. It, when you get past that, you have Dillies and Letera, like we were saying. Two guys that could be relegated to the AHL. I don't think both of them are. One of them is still going to be up. Like, maybe Dale Weiss gets put in the AHL. That would not be the craziest thing. He would be uh, subject to being claimed off waivers, um, as Steph correctly pointed out on Monday. But he, I, I don't know who would be picking up Dale Weiss. I don't know who's stopping at the Dale Weiss Mart <laughs> to pick up Dale Weiss. Uh, and then beyond that, you have Taylor Lear, who's had a pretty good camp. Oh uh, yeah, Taylor Lear, prospect. Yeah, that people always seem to forget about. I forgot he was on the team, but he is a guy that actually I think Taylor Lear was the maybe in the on that fourth line last year. Right. I mean Taylor Lear, he's got speed at the very least. Yeah, I mean I'll take speed. Uh, I mean that that fourth line that started the year last year, the Honeybees, was very very good. They just had the worst puck luck in the history of hockey and could not score goals. But they were always creating. Shut up at your coursey, nerd. (laughs) What's up, dork? Uh, I feel like... um, So those three options. German Rusoff's had a very good camp. I don't think he... I think Hextall calling him out, not calling him out, but mentioning him as being an option for the third-line center was very surprising. Definitely raised some eyebrows. And I think he's looked pretty good in these two games he's played in. Hasn't really lit up the scoreboard, but he did score tonight, and he also he he's shown flashes of what he can be, and he's somebody I've I've dumped on for a while now because of his year last year. But if he, you know, maybe puts Fortnite's down the Fortnite and yeah. picks up a hockey stick, yeah, Fortnite's be been out for a year now. He's probably focused on the game now. He's probably getting tired of it, and uh, once he actually focuses on hockey, maybe he starts cleaning up. Uh, Craig, I got bad news. I heard he moved to Spider Man PS4. Oh, uh, maybe. Yeah, I mean, you know. Me and the germ are talking about it every day. I'm going to camp. I'm saying, (laughs) yo, germ, what percentage you at now? I'm at 70. Where are you? Where are you? Are you at 70? How long is that game out? That game's been out a week. and uh, (laughs) Maybe two weeks. I'm at uh, 80. Oh, damn. Nice. Yeah. Um, Okay, so Roop's off when he's off the Fortnite. Albi Kubel, which, and also apparently there's no way to say his name, but we're not going to get into that because that's nonsense. No, thank you, sir. Your second as Albi Kubel. Another prospect spent last season in the AHL, a lot of offensive upside. You put him as the fourth line winger, that makes a lot of sense. It's exciting. And then even Carson Torinsky, who was another guy that, you know, once after he got drafted, wasn't too excited about, but he's proved himself the last couple of years. The rookie games and at the camps and in a monster season last year with the in the um the WHL, he had forty five goals in the WHL, so he can score and he proved that on Tuesday when he ripped one home uh, on a pretty innocent looking play from the the left circle. 
And I, I think he is somebody that maybe really, really, really slim chance he makes the team, but he is he wanna be the worst option. Like Lawton Will Torrance gets the fourth line wanna be the worst option. You could do so worse. With those, yeah, so with assuming those the top nine make the team, the Drury line, the JVR line, the Robiev line, those nine make the team. And you have Lawton Wheel Raffle. We'll say those three guys aren't locks yet, even though three of them are. Wees four, Latera five, Lear six, Rupsoff seven, NAK eight, Twarinski nine. I don't want to hear about Corbin Knight. And I know I said this on Monday. I just I don't if he if he's the guy that makes the team as the twelfth forward, I would like to know I would like to know why, I guess. Cause I just feel like Raffle is a, a reliable two-way player that makes sense as a fourth-line winger. He's been in the NHL for a while now and been successful. Corbin Knight has NHL experience, but has been good and has been lengthy, and I feel like Raffle's proven himself more. Was good enough that Haxall felt like he should have been on the first line last year. Uh, Dale Weiss and Laterra, if you're looking for quote-unquote reliable, I feel like those guys would be better options than Knight if you're looking for, looking for the classic 200 hockey man approach to being a reliable player. They're both shitty, but and I would take Corbin Knight over those two, but I don't know. If you're taking Corbin Knight, that means you you don't like Lear, Rupsoff's, NAK's, or Twarinci's game. And also that maybe Verobiev's not on the team. So if all those things happen, like if Corbin Knight somehow makes his way to the team and he's the only guy that comes up, I, I just have I have more I have a lot of questions, I guess is what I'm saying. Fair what, enough. I, yeah, how do you how do you feel about I know I don't even know why I got on started on this whole Corbin Light thing, but you know I you know I do all this stuff with the drafts. I like keeping up with the prospects. I like looking at other teams' prospects. I'll take in as many hockey names as possible. But for some reason, when somebody throws out Corbin Knight to make this year's team, I just I, I don't care. Like I just I who cares? Like I feel like it's not an exciting option, and I feel like he it's not an exciting option. He's got limited percent right about that. Yeah, like he's gotten some. He's got a taste in the NHL and he hasn't really done much with it. I know it was years ago and he looks fine in the the AHL now, but I rather than be in the AHL and helping the helping one of the young players uh, be on a successful line than seeing him up here on the fourth line. That's my stance. That's my that's my Corbin Knight brand. That's my hot take. That's probably gonna be my hottest take this year, is I've heard enough of Corbin Knight. <laughs> Well, my hot take from when I appeared on BSH Radio last week was a complete and utter flop. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's somebody else we can talk about, too. Yeah, about the, the return. Are you still looking stuff up, by the way? Yeah, can you hear it? Yes, I can hear it. Yeah, enjoy it. Oh, uh, I'll savor it. Yeah, uh, Morgan Frost uh, has yeah, been back. returned. He's amongst the players that have been returned to their uh, junior club was he returned or yeah so uh monday matthew strom maxime shushko and wyatt wiley were all returned to the junior clubs uh and liam hughes was let go of it from his uh, amateur tryout the goaltender from the thunderbirds that's good because i keep mixing him up with liam McHugh. <laughs> fair yeah well now you no longer have that issue uh and then Whew. on tuesday morgan frost and isaac ratcliffe were returned to ju- their junior teams were you uh, surprised Morgan... by Frost or Ratcliffe? Ratcliffe, no, because uh, Ratcliffe. I mean, Ra- I I didn't have Ratcliffe slated to make. Obviously, not the NHL team, and also I I think he was. They just won him in junior for another year. He's going to be captain of the 
the coil storm. So may as well let him get back there and get some experience being a leader of a team, I guess. Not the worst option. And he still has to a lot of things to change about his game. Uh, Frost, I was kind of surprised just because I'm not surprised he didn't make the team. I'm just surprised that he became such an obvious no, it sounded like, from the start of camp. Right. Like, like sometimes from... you guys who, who stick around until the very end and uh, right. you're always like, oh, is he going to make the team? It gets exciting. Like uh, like Nolan Patrick last year. I mean, we all right. pretty much knew. But when it gets to the end, you're like, it's exciting to see a player like that advance through the ranks and stick with the team and not get returned. And you're like, wow, he could actually do it. And then if he gets returned, it's like, well, he made a good run. And to get yeah, returned this early, it's it's just a little disheartening. It is. Oh, Matt Reed actually played last year. There we go. I found it out. Me. The fourth line was uh, Lawton, Latera, and Reed. R.I.P. Matt Reed. Meet Dad. Uh, he went home. So, he went home to Minnesota. Yeah, he went on home to Philadelphia. Um, you think yeah, you're I, JVR? <laughs> and my hopes and dreams of John Tavares, but never came to fruition. Uh, yeah, I and Hextall's comments about him looking intimidated against the Islanders weren't exactly that great. And I guess, I mean, the big concern with him has always been size, I guess. Just the, the frame, his frame. He's not exactly the biggest dude. Uh, I was able to rack up points. He's there mentally, I think, when it comes to thinking the game. And he obviously has offensive upside, and he's a great passer. And I think whatever line he's on in the NHL, he'll be able to set up whoever he's playing with. But I guess right now he just isn't physically capable in terms of the, I guess, the work. I, I don't know how to say this without The demands sound. of the NHL game. Yeah, like the rigors of go like all the puck battles and the I, night I think and night out attitude and everything. The rigors of, yeah, that's yeah. the way to put it. That's the phrase. Yeah, like he, not like he's, you know, being lazy or lack of days or anything. He's no, just it's not just, there in terms of size and like. It's the movie um, big. He's just not big enough. Yeah. He can't ride yeah, the like ride he, yet. Yeah. And, you know, he's eventually he's going to get big enough and then he's going to, you know, he's going to regret wishing he was big. So One he's just going to find that. Was that, where did that movie take place? Was that, was that Jersey? I no. think it was Jersey. Yeah. It was on the then he moves to New York City, the big city. Uh, yeah, well, once you get big, you gotta move to the big city. Gotta move to the big works. city. The city. Every adult ever moves to New York. That's a little fun fact for you kids out there listening to Fly Purpley, I guess. I hope no kids are listening. By I way. hope no kids are listening. This is a terrible <laughs> program for kids. This is not a family program, <laughs> no, even though we might sometimes cool. joke it is. Yeah. Now, Craig, uh, a quick side note uh, where I actually lost my train of thought there. I was going to ask you a question. <laughs> I, I had it on the tip of my tongue, and then I completely forgot so, it so oh, oh I, I remembered it i remembered it do, do you ever hear people refer to new york city as just the city and does that bother the hell out of you uh first question no second question absolutely uh if you because that implies that when you think of a city, everybody thinks of New York and that's not what happens for me. And it, it rubs me the wrong way. Like Red Sox fans refer to themselves as the nation. Like the, it's just a, I don't know, like groups of people that think they're the only one. There's too much, uh, too much ego in there for me. Agreed. Not a fan. Agreed. Yeah. The worst. Yeah. I just picture, uh, when somebody's, when you said that the city thing, I think of somebody wearing a, uh, 
unbuttoned Yankees jersey, about <laughs> three or four pieces of jewelry around his neck, and just like arms open, saying like, "What? What's up? What's good? I'm Vinny. Let's uh, let's talk this out. I'm walking here." <laughs> So that's what I think of when I hear the city. Uh, I was going to touch on these players. Like, all the players that went back really aren't surprises. Uh, The Frost thing is, it's not a surprise they went back. It was just kind of surprising that he didn't make that much of a push out of it. Strom has made improvements with the skating. Still has to work on it. Hamilton, (laughs) which is impressive that he's able to score so much. Well, what he's doing is he is hooking his stick uh behind one of the bigger players having him drag him around and then letting go when he gets in front of the net and throwing the puck in yeah and it's been working and they're gonna have to figure out who can do that on the flyers form it's a whole process isaac ratcliffe come on yeah well he's he's isaac ratcliffe's luke skywalker matthew strome is yoda it's all gonna work (laughs) out yeah you yeah yep you gotta figure it out so there's no there's no doubt about it. Do the math. Uh, <laughs> uh, the fuck was I going to say now? Oh, okay. Yeah, so none <laughs> of these guys. <laughs> Shushko, I mean, he he looked fine last year at uh, town, but not really expected to do anything in this camp. Wiley's another guy that is more of uh, not a long-term project because he doesn't have the skills, but just in the pipeline right now, I don't think there's really a need for him to make it at the professional level. So they can afford to send him back to his junior team. He got uh, this year. And I think he's going to be with Everett next year as well. Uh, so Strom and Shushka, I believe have one more year in the OHL. And then they should be with the Phantoms. And then f- same with Frost and Ratcliffe. Uh, Liam Hughes is completely gone from the team. Mitchell Balmas, Bradley Lalonde and Hunter Holmes. Holmes were also let go from, by the Flyers at the rookie camp. However, one of the other big stories with the Flyers camp right now, besides Barobiev and apparently Corbin Knight, is Igor Zamula. Igor, don't call me Mike Mamula. Mike Mamula. So we're talking about Mike yeah. Mamula can't get a zipper to work in a bar, right? Yeah. Yeah, which you informed me of that story before. I did not know that one. I just knew that he uh, he looked pretty cool bench pressing, and then the Eagles took him seventh overall one year. And, and both uh, of our fathers complained that he ran too far both, to the outside. Apparently, the dad complaint across the Philadelphia area was he took his sweet ass time breaking through the line. So that's very. What do you think the dad complaint about the Flyers is right now? They don't hit enough. Saying, they don't hit yeah, enough. That's exactly. <laughs> my dad Not has literally said. On the blue line. My dad has literally said to me, "Why don't they hit anymore?" <laughs> that it's a very dad i remember my dad's big one was always the defenseman not stepping up which oh when you watch too. andrew mcdonald we, play enough that's enough i mean i get it i get it now chris but terrian like, was, was who drove my dad oh, nuts with that oh, yeah chris that terrian was. always drove my dad insane with that uh and he always called him terrier because he he wasn't aggressive despite being <laughs> a big man uh terrian was a good one i think my Dad hated Yanni Ninema for a bit. Also, not a big Matt Carl fan. He was one of those Matt Carl people. So uh, that was uh, those talks were always fun. But yeah, that's uh. So uh, getting back to Zamula has not taken his dick out as a bar. Just FYI, uh, or maybe he has. I don't know. We haven't heard about it. I, I mean, I'm assuming he hasn't. But uh, you know what happens when you assume. 
Yeah, you don't take your dicks out of bars. So, but Igor Zamula, he came into rookie camp and shouldn't like shouldn't be here. And not saying that like he hasn't played well, but just as a guy that as a camp invite to rookie camp, you, you shouldn't be at this point of uh, the actual team's camp. Like he shouldn't still be here because they should have already let him go. But he's played well enough that he could be earning himself a contract. Now he had a pretty bad turnover tonight that cost the Flyers a goal, but at the same time, that shouldn't be something that cancels out all the work he's done during rookie camp camp in these games. And tonight was his second game, and he looked pretty well besides the turnover. Uh, one of the goals, I think VC scored it, but he walked around Foline, and I don't think Zamola got over to him in time. But the, I, was t- I was telling you this before the podcast, like the camera work tonight, it was too artsy for a hockey preseason game. I don't know what they were thinking. Like they were doing eye level camera work. It looked like they were trying to film 24 seven is what it kind of looked like, but they were doing it during actual play and not just replays. So it was kind of hard to pick up uh, plays developing and who was actually defending sometimes. And they kept showing the same angle in this one goal. And I couldn't tell if it was, uh, just fully getting walked, or if it was just uh, Zamola not coming over to help him in time. So I guess we'll find out. Uh, Melzer, Charlie, or somebody will break down that play, and I'll have a better opinion of that. But besides that, he's looked very good, and I've talked about Zamola before. I talked about him uh, last week when I was talking about the camp invites. He's a guy that he has skill, and he's becoming somewhat uh, – has a similar feel to Phil Myers right now in terms of being a camp invite. He's got size, but his thing isn't physicality or the thing that people leave with isn't talking about his physicality just because he's huge. It's more about being positionally sound and having offensive upside and everything. So not saying he is another Phil Myers, but it'd be nice to kind of find another diamond in the rough here for a guy that went undrafted. Oh yeah, absolutely. I love these undrafted guys who, who step up and for some reason these end up being really hated guys by the fan base, but <laughs> because yeah. I, I don't know, I guess they're like, Oh, is he supposed to be a big deal? But really all you're looking for an undrafted guy is a bottom six guy who can just be effective, fill in your roster and be a productive player. Yeah. I mean, ideally is a all I'm hoping for is he's one day contributor at the AHL level and also we'll play some games in the NHL. Uh, but, I mean, Phil Myers is the best. When you talk about uh, signing undrafted free agents, especially in a, after a draft they were supposed to be taken, I think Phil Myers is the best option. And we still haven't seen him at the NHL level. But he is a ton of upside, and he should be here. He's a big man, too. Yeah, and he's – yeah, that's why I brought up the uh, comparison with Zamula, where Myers is a big guy, but, you know, most of the time when you read about players being his size – the first thing you'll see in the scouting reports is he may not skate well, but he can shut a guy down defensively with his physicality. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Unfortunately, but no, I mean, that's that, that's usually what a big man is, but Myers from what I've seen has got some moves, man. He can, he he pulled off a, give a little uh, shimmy on a Monday night to somebody. Phil Myers, you can tell he's got the stuff. If he doesn't make it this year, Next year, I think this is a guy to watch out yeah. for and just going to blow our blow us away. Yeah. Uh, and so, so, Craig, I got to say, there's one guy we haven't talked about, and it's the guy everybody wants to know about. He got a roaring ovation when he came into the game on Monday. Carter Hart. What about Carter Hart? I mean, 
He's looked fine. He had a, a two plays stuck out to me tonight, and they both weren't for the By the way, Roaring reasons. Ovation, I think he got a nice round of applause. But oh, well, He got a Roaring Ovation for the – he made a pretty routine save, and the fans lost their shit. Yeah. So like, is, it, for a preseason yeah. game, this was definitely lose your shit level. Yeah, yeah, because I mean, there's not too much you're gonna lose your mind over in a game where Dale Weiss has like the fourth most amount of ice time. But right. well, I mean, it's this is a fan base that how many hot goalie prospects we heard of, you know? <laughs> yeah, Sergey yeah, Bobrovsky, uh, yeah. Ron Hextall, <laughs> maybe maybe Antero Nidimaki. Oh, it is worth stating too that speaking of goaltending, before I get the Carter Hart, Anthony Stellaris has looked pretty decent this. Uh, this camp considering what he endured last year and also at the end of the 2016-17 season absolutely terrible injuries for a goal yeah. to go through so nothing for him to come back and look control. even solid is is something yeah no i obviously out of his control so it wasn't like he played four last year just unlucky events and it looks like he's uh looks like he's healthy from those incidents and it looked like he had a pretty good start to the preseason and then also alex Lyon missed tuesday's game uh, I'm, I'm guessing because he had the poops. Uh, but Carter Hart... It's just a little diarrhea. Is it funny? <laughs> uh, so the goal that uh, Foline slash Samula got worked on, Carter could have easily saved. Uh, it looked kind of like a soft goal. But uh, besides that, in a play where I don't think he knew where the rebound was going after he made the save, like he made the save and look completely shocked as to where the puck went after it hit his pad, which is not really the best sign. But he did make a sprawling save across the, the crease to stop it. But the big thing with Carter Hart is uh, we probably aren't going to get too many moments where we get excited about him because he's just supposed to be a technically sound goalie. So ideally, when he's killing it, it, it kind of wants to be something that it's not too recognizable that he's playing because he's just positioning himself to every shot and centering himself for each shot and just making uh, pretty casual saves. So essentially you're saying, you're saying that the entire Flyers fan base is pumped up for a goalie. That's might be the, he might end up being one of the most boring goalies in Flyers history because he's so technically sound. Yeah. Like he's not going to make a lot of sprawling saves or anything that's going to really wow you because he's just always right there and in the right position, which is, I'm fine with that. I'm fine if he never makes a highlight real save as long as he is keeps up the whole mentality that he's had with the the coaching uh, and the focus and all that kind of crap. That he he is pretty much set up like Braden Holpe is what the big comparison is. And he, I think he had, he used the same coach as Brayton Holpe. There's a guy that kind of, you know, kind of harnesses all his energy into, I guess, every single save he's approaching and also is not going to make those big sprawling saves. And he does the same thing with the spraying the water bottle on the ice that uh, Holpe does. Apparently that's what he does. I haven't seen it yet, but just a guy that it, it, the big strength of his game is the, the capability to kind of focus on the moment and not let anything get to him. So if he lets in a goal, he's not going to get rattled. It's not going to lead to a route or anything. And also just, he's not going to find himself out of position on many plays. That seems to be the read on Carter Hart. And we, I mean, for the most part, that's what he's looked like. Uh, he looked like tonight. I didn't really 
pick up too much on his game on Tuesday. I, I don't know. He didn't have some of the best rebound work on Tuesday, but yeah, I, I didn't really watch Tuesdays. That was one of those like weird streams that I don't, I, I it was a pain in the ass for me to get into tonight too. I mean, they cut out on me a bunch of times, but this was, I think this is the game I'm, I watched the most of because yeah, I mean, Sunday the, the Eagles were on Monday. I was driving to the studio and then Tuesday, I just, I don't know. It's preseason. Like I'm watching, but Mondays I'm, was on, uh, CSN or NBCSN plus or whatever. So yeah. I had a nice clear feed to watch easy to access. And, uh, <laughs> I sat down and I'm like, Oh, Oh, I really missed hockey. <laughs> and then tonight you were like, you know what? Maybe not. Well, I, I think <laughs> if tonight's game had been on regular TV, I might've been like, Oh yeah, great. Oh but yeah. It, it yeah. just being the weird camera angles. And, and frankly, the stream kept crapping out on me. Yeah, the stream. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like the stream, there were like two different times where they like said they were going to the commercial or whatever. Oh yeah, and it just froze. And it had like it, an it infographic up. It was like, "Hey, come hang out with the Flyers in January." And right. Like, it was right. just like Flyers Wives Carnival, and yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, they like stay there for seven minutes, and I was like, "Oh god damn it!" And I had to restart it. Uh, but speaking of another segue here, Steve, not to try not do you, but uh, NBC Sports Philadelphia uh, has made a change to their broadcast crew and uh, i'm gonna see how you feel about it apparently chris terrian as of last week is out as a between the benches guy hmm. and i don't believe they have a replacement for him yet well i have your replacement he's sitting in the radio broadcast booth he used to do the damn job bring back Coatsy. he is nuts i listened to him when like i was saying before when i was driving to the studio on monday he has lost all his marbles yes uh, he even was, better he, he uh he made a reference to himself playing for the Don Mills Flyers back in 1966. He could not remember that the Golden Knights called themselves the Misfits last year. And he spent, he literally spent three minutes on the air. He was just like, I think they were called the no respects, the, the, the no goods, the, um, hold on, I'll figure this out. And then Saunders was just like, all right, uh, here's the play. And like, he just, Cozy just kept going with it. And it was the most awkward thing I think I've ever heard. Oh, that sounds and amazing. Like yes, bring him back. Yeah. So bring him back. Yeah. Bring him back. I lo- here's the thing Cozy's terrible, but I love him because he's terrible. He's very entertaining. Yeah. He's so entertaining. He's just this, this little ball of drunken Irish energy. He's <laughs> my favorite. Just bring him back. Bring him what back. Is- There's no better option. Man, 2013-14, what a season. I mean, the 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 surge after the horrible start, you had light em ups, uh, you had the uh you had Coatsy between the benches, just a wonderful time to be a Flyers fan. What a time to be what alive. A, yeah, what a yes. You know that, that's all I'm saying. I so Terry and I mixed feelings on this. I thought Terry was fine between the benches. Uh yeah. and that's pretty much it. I never really had a problem with him. <laughs> But, I like Terry, and yeah, but I don't really care if he's gone. As, right, uh, like, like I hope they I only give care him if he's job. gone if they replace him with another NBCSN reporter that uh, kind of makes us grind our teeth. Yeah, there, yeah, there's an option out there that we're not going to talk about because we're not going to throw it out there into the uh, the universe that it could possibly be the option to re- replace Terry. But I, yeah, Terry was somebody I never really was upset if he wasn't on the broadcast. But at the same time, I just I like Terry, and so I hope he gets 
he'll find something else with the Flyers to do. Like he'll probably return to the the radio group or something. The Flyers do not. I mean, just swap Coatsy back in if for and put Bundy back on the radio. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I really think that's would. fine because here's the thing: between the glass position, is pretty stupid. You don't really get that much out of it. Sometimes yeah. you'll get some amusing anecdotes, but uh, for the most part, for that. You just want to go well, down to Coatsy. who's like, yeah. Puck almost hit me in the head. Oh my gosh, JJ. Oh, look at <laughs> look at that woman over there. She's beautiful. I'm going to get her number. Okay. Like, I just want Crazy. this manic Coatsy yeah. energy back. And you know what? Bundy was fine on the radio. He could actually provide analysis. And I, I think both of them were better off in the positions they were in before the switch. Yeah. Actually, and speaking of that, uh, speaking of guys that should make the switch, uh, I think it's Greg Wyshynski that always pitches that Pierre Maguire should go to the in between the period studio analysis studio analysis on NBCSN rather than it being Mike Milbury. Oh, absolutely. And I think I can get behind that. Yeah. I don't understand why Pierre Maguire is in between the benches to bring up where people played in middle school. <laughs> and we have to go to, the, to Mike Milbury, who has plenty of time to break down plays, but then ends up giving his 1960s. Listen here, Doc. This guy went to Moose Antler High where he was the leading center with 492 goals in 16 games. Unbelievable performance at Moose Antler High for this guy. <laughs> Doug Dillway is captain of the 1998 Manitoba High team. Uh, got knocked out in the second round in high school. Still hasn't recovered. He had 28 goals in 10 games that year. Uh, anyway, back to you, uh, Flyers on the power play. Pretty much. Pierre Maguire's analysis in a nutshell. Oh, 100%. Just the worst approach. But if you gave him, but he can dissect plays. He can actually talk the game. It's just. He knows everything about every player also. Yeah. So, so like if you just gave him some time to come up with something, he would definitely I, come up with better X's and O's and fucking Roenick and, uh, and Milbury. Okay. So you throw him in there. You throw Milbury between the glass where he will get fired within days because he will punch <laughs> a fan out for saying he sucks because he does. He might actually yell at a player. Well, like he, he didn't he get into that fight with uh, with a dad at a uh, kids uh, yeah. hockey that, that game a few years thing. back? I thought he pushed a kid. I, I think he pushed a kid. kid. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, good guy. Uh, you know, but, actually, think, it, so weirdly, I think Ronick might be a decent fit between the glass. Yeah, Ronick would be. They they always make Ronick do the stupid shit too. Like right, the, that's all you want from the guy between like the bang the drums at the Golden Knights game. Like they always make him do that type of thing, which it, is fitting. If you look at the uh, the Phillies broadcast, okay, uh, the Phillies have Greg Murphy go around the stadium, and he just does stupid shit the entire game. He's just like trying the new food in the stadium. He's finding <laughs> out what the fanatics up to. He's doing stupid shit. Have Jeremy Ronick go out, travel the country do all the stupid shit in each stadium. It's going to be way better. He doesn't have to do real analysis. He gets to have fun and he gets to do what he's best at being a goofy weirdo. Make him be the first person that gets into a beer chugging contest with Philly flyer. What was his name? <laughs> Flying Phil. Flying Phil. That's Flying what Phil. Make him do that. And he'll be, the, the ratings will just skyrocket. Absolutely. <laughs> Um, Steven, you want to do around the league? Let's do around the I, league. I'm trying to think if there's anything else to say about camp, but I think we've uh, we've exhausted we've it. Touched, yeah, I think we've touched on it all. Uh, Flyers' on. next preseason game is on Friday against the Islanders, I believe, and then they have one on Monday against the Bruins. 
And then uh, I think we're approaching the uh, approaching the regular season there. Ooh. Yeah, we'll talk about the uh, Golden Knights and the Sharks and whatnot and the what have you. How so. about that? Yeah. Uh, around the league, we already talked about uh, talked about uh, Pierre Dorian. Uh, Henrik Zetterberg's done playing. That sucks. Due to a degenerative back condition. Yeah, uh, he was a lot of fun to watch. Really good player. Kind of summarizes just how things have gone in Detroit. Although they could be getting a new GM, like we talked last week. Ooh, speculation. Uh, kinda, yeah, turn things around there. Uh, 15 seasons, 960 points in 1,082 games. Won a cup with the Wings in 2008 when he was the Conn Smythe winner. Uh, kind of always seemed to be like, or at least in my eyes, was always second fiddle to uh, Pavel Dotsuk. I mean, Zetterberg was amazing, but it always felt like Dotsuk. Everybody always talked about Dotsuk because he was uh insane right he, he had all the flash plays. and the, the yeah. sizzle with his moves but he always had also, the highlight plays right he had the highlight plays but Datsuk was also always up there for um for the selkie right yeah yeah and i mean zetterberg i mean if he was on any other team he would definitely would have been the guy uh the standalone guy uh tyler's again josh morrissey darnell nurse and sam reinhardt all signed deals uh, Sagan for eight years, nine point eight five million a year, kicking in in twenty nineteen twenty. Uh, Josh Morrissey two years, three point one five million a year. He's an RFA in twenty twenty, and then Nurse two years, three point two million a year RFA in twenty twenty. Uh, Sam Reinhart two years, three point six five million a year RFA in twenty twenty as well. Sam Reinhart, I think a little bit better than people think. He had fifty points in eighty two games last year for a pretty bad Sabres team. I remember uh, for, a couple days, upside. for a couple he days, there, there were, <laughs> for, for a couple days there, there were some weird flyers like, oh, could the flyers trade for Sam Reinhardt kind of rumors? Yeah. But obviously that didn't happen. That That is correct. That, that did not happen. But I do remember, I forget what the deal was, like what the flyers were sent to Buffalo. But I do remember hearing those rumors as well. And I think, I mean, I would be on board with bringing in Sam Reinhardt. But uh, I like uh, I like JVR a little bit too. I think I'm fine with the JVR option. Uh, with these signings, there are only four RFAs uh, left that have not signed a deal, and that they are William Nylander, uh, Miles Wood, Shea Theodore, and Nick Ritchie. So the big one there is definitely Nylander, and then uh, Miles Wood and Shea Theodore aren't terrible. Like they're pretty good players, but they're not anywhere near the uh, level of Nylander. Uh, Justin Williams has been named Carolina the Carolina Hurricanes captain. Oliver Ekman Larson has been named the Coyotes captain. Uh, and Victor Rask is out indefinitely after he sliced the tendons in his fingers while slicing food in his kitchen. No, and he needed surgery, and now he's out for months. Not to laugh at him, but that's just an insane story that you <laughs> like. What do you when you're a pro athlete? Just yeah, that's he. The alcohol had been involved at some level. There's no way your coordination goes out on your at that moment, and you're just like, let's uh, let's slice off some fingers here. Like that is he, an extreme cut. That yeah, that is. That's a, uh, yeah, that is a deep cut, unfortunately for him. Uh, and then also Connor Murphy is out for three months with a back injury. And then uh, Jägermeister has become the official shot of the NHL. And no thank you. I mean, uh, it makes sense, Where do you sense, stand on right? Jägermeister? Not a fan. <laughs> no, not a fan <laughs> maybe, maybe in college, uh, I enjoyed a Jäger bomb here and there. Uh, but, well, okay. Jaeger bombs are a little different, but I mean, like, just straight Jaeger. Jaeger's a little fratty for me. 
Jaeger is, I think Jaeger, I mean, Jaeger bombs are very, I feel like very fratty, but I did, I did have a few Jaeger bombs back in the day. Not now, because I am you're old. You're an, an adult old man now. now. Yeah, I'm an adult now. You I take just... your briefcase to work. You can't, <laughs> I'm an adult man. Some Jaeger Meister. <laughs> I'm an adult now. I just drink beers by myself in my apartment. So it's the same, I'm, you know. I'm an adult uh, now. I just slam cocktails. <laughs> <laughs> I'm an adult now. I just went to a happy hour on Friday where I had four old fashions in two hours. <laughs> yeah, there you go. See, it's called being a goddamn adult. Adult, uh, classy adult. And then speaking of somebody who's a goddamn youth, Nolan Patrick turned twenty today. And let me tell you, go to hell, Nolan Patrick, for only being twenty. Can I you was imagine a teenager. being twenty? I was a teenager when Nolan Patrick was born. Yeah, see, now there's now there's no excuse. He's not a teenager anymore, so I want to see a big production with Nolan Patrick this year. You better have 30 He's plus not a kid goals anymore. or else I disown him from my hockey team. 82 and 82 or get the fuck out is my stance. Not my captain in 2030. <laughs> That's We should jump out ahead of that. Yeah, not my captain in 2030. I, maybe 2025. <laughs> yeah, well, it depends on when they're going to trade Drew in a King style. Oh, that's trade. true. This could happen any day now when Paul yeah, Holmgren yeah. retakes makes, control so. of the general <laughs> manager position. Oh, man. There, there is a certain segment out there that would be just delighted if this happened because the insanity that would follow. It would just be pure chaos, the likes of which the league has never seen. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not about trade. I mean, I can't even imagine. What would it be like to see Drew not on the fires? But at the like, same time... I, I know you don't watch Game of Thrones, Craig, so for, for the, the rest of you people out there, you know, the, most people, the um, people yeah. it's essentially like Cersei taking control, guys. Just uh, pure madness. I get that reference. There you go. No, I don't get that reference. Good. I know, I know that name, so that was Game of Thrones. That was Game of Thrones, and that's all Craig knows. Yeah, it's pretty bad. I know. I gotta watch. I yeah, whatever. You, 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 you do you. You do you. Yeah. The People Jets have a jersey. About it. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's just kind of hard to talk about because it's a, uh, it's a uh, audio medium. But uh, the Jets got a new third jersey, and it looks not great. It's like a powder. It's like a powder blue. Oh my yeah. god, that looks like a knockoff, like a Chinese knockoff. Yeah, like the Flyers, Tony the Tiger jerseys, knockoff. Yeah, it's not, it's not a good jersey. Uh, I'll say that. I'll be honest with everybody. It's real generic. Yeah, but it is. It's definitely a hockey jersey. It is a hockey jersey. Uh, Kevin Smith would wear it, whether (laughs) if he was fat Kevin Smith or current skinny Kevin Smith. Current skinny Kevin Smith. That guy's all sweet. You know, I've heard that here and there. Oh well, good for him. Yeah, he. Anytime Kevin Smith makes an appearance somewhere, you will hear that he lost weight. <laughs> okay. But he's still wearing yeah. hockey jerseys. That that dude loves hockey jersey. Yeah, let people know that he likes hockey. Yeah, I hear you. Sometimes, yeah. I mean, he he definitely does wear a hockey jersey around. I think my favorite is watching him, uh, like street hockey highlights came out with him, like not wearing rollerblades, like just you know, like like floor hockey. hockey. Yeah, floor hockey, and it was just. I mean, it looked like an athletic white guy was playing floor hockey, so it was pretty funny to me. But that's uh, that's my Kevin Smith story, and uh, I hope he's losing weight. My personal Kevin Smith stance. He's lost a lot of weight, so good for you, Kevin Smith, noted hockey fan, but Devils fan, so uh, you know, whatever. Yeah. yeah, we don't care. Actually, no, we'll put the weight back on. 
<laughs> like Marty Brodor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Follow your leader like Marty Brodor. Just do the way thing and not the whole marrying your family thing. You know, kind I, of I would recommend that. not doing that. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be the life motto, in my opinion. But <laughs> All right. I think we should uh, cut it off before we start ripping on Marty Brodor for about another two hours. Cut it out. I know I could. <laughs> Gang, thank you for listening. If you have any feedback for us, best place is on Twitter. You can reach Craig at Sports Are Bad. That is correct. And, of course, all I had to plug this week is I was on BSH Radio, but I assume if you listen to us, you already listen to BSH Radio. And uh, I will try and get out an article this week, but uh, it might be a little tough. Uh, I should have... Uh, we should have another Flat Purple next week, and I should be on next week's episode of uh, BSH Radio as well, filling so up with Charlie again. That makes three straight weeks of Fly Purbly representation on BSH Radio because I yeah. was on the previous week. That is that is true, and we are sorry. That is not by design. So, so is, sorry. Yeah, sorry about that, guys. But we did it. Sorry, not sorry. We got the Cole Beasley references. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Craig, if you're not careful, we're going to live in the United Hate of America. <laughs> I did not think I would be the one extending the Cole Beasley streak, but we definitely got it in there. Good man. Attaboy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Attaboy. You can reach me. I control the Fly Purbly account. I also uh, man my account, Esteban, uh, which doesn't talk that much about hockey now. So follow Fly Purbly if this is your primary interest of following me on Twitter. Uh, follow BSH Radio. Follow Broad Street Hockey. So, uh, guys. Thank you so much for listening, and until next time, as always, good night and good hockey. Hello, everybody. This is Fly Purbly. It is a podcast about hockey, mostly the Flyers, but also other hockey things. Like other hockey teams that play the sport of hockey. Steve, but not Steve Hartnell and Craig, but not Craig Ruby. No, this isn't all those hockey guys. These are the guys who watch the hockey sport. Yeah! Hello, I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation, and I want to tell you about my new show, It Seems Smart. It Seems Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, seem smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain, or, I don't know, maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission, or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart.